Welcome to Musings with Rob. We are the wealthiest people on the planet when we are fully healthy. Oftentimes, our bank accounts are empty and we have little to no money to make ends meet. Bills may be due, stress levels may be high, but in the midst of that, if we have our perfect health, we are fashionably wealthy in the highest sense of life. Many, many years ago, a world-famous reggae artist was ailing with an incurable illness. And according to a close friend of his, the singer's last words to his son was, Money can't buy health. Essentially, the singer was telling his son to be careful about acquiring wealth at the expense of ignoring good health. The illusion of wealth is very fleeting. And it's out there. It's all around us. And our predicament is certainly not helped by our society. And so we live in a world in which our heads are often deep in the sand, searching for the key to ultimate happiness when it is right before us. In many instances, we have our health. And we have not just good health. We have the best of health. Yet, to many of us, it means nothing. We take it for granted, and it seems to be a given. It's there. We never think about it, never talk about it. It never really comes up until the unthinkable happens. The unthinkable. That is, you sit face to face with a doctor, and they give you information that you really do not want to hear. You would have preferred not to hear anything of that sort at all. But the reality of it is this. That's the only time we really come to grapple or grasp the importance of good health. Otherwise, we don't think about it. The unfortunate thing in all of this is, yes, we are surrounded by uh, the entertainment industry and we live in a society that gives us a different picture altogether. You see, our values are flipped. We are taught to acquire the great wealth, right? And don't worry about the health. Actually, it should be the other way. Get the best health and then pursue whatever you choose to pursue. But the sad part of all of this is we are being fed the notion that the wealth is the first choice, even from our most cherished institutions of worship. And some of these people, some of these places emphasize such a level of avarice that it is not funny. Many years ago, I believe it may have been the late 1990s, may have been the early 2000s, I remember receiving a letter in the mail from a famous televangelist. I was in a place at that point in my life, you know, in which cash was low, bills were due. So, of course, it was one of those moments where here comes a letter from a televangelist in the mail. And 
All the man was saying was, a great blessing is in store for you. But all you've got to do is send me a small donation and your great blessing will come your way. Now, because I was desperate for the cash and I, I really needed the money, I made the donation and sent it off to the man. Well, several weeks later, I was still waiting. No great financial blessing. And what came in the mail? Another letter from this man. This time around, he was seeking another donation. At that point, I was a little bit savvy to what I saw happening there and decided that I was not going to send anything out to this guy. Well, a few more weeks came and another letter came from the man. Yes, he was seeking another donation. He was seeking another donation, promising another great blessing. Well, this is typical. This is typical of what some of these institutions, these religious institutions, have basically taught. They have presented to us a shallow, very, very shallow uh, concept of faith, a very shallow concept of God. Uh, if we are not careful, um, this shallow concept does not give us a firm foundation, but rather it gives us a very shaky, very, very, very fragile concept of God. The message in most of these cases is simple. Give unto us and you will get. Give unto us and you will get. In most instances, the value of good health is never mentioned. I cannot remember a sermon that I listened to where there was an emphasis on getting good health, on taking care of yourself. Most people tend to err on 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, which says, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of life that now is, and of that which is to come. But let me ask you this question. If you do not have your good health, what promise of life do you have now? Where is it? Where is it? Now, I do believe that when this was written, of course, there were no gyms as we know them today with all the fancy equipment and, and beautiful buildings and all that kind of stuff. I suspect there were, there, were, there were no such things during that time period. But at the same time, keep this in mind, when Emperor, the Roman Emperor Vespasian and his son Titus built the Roman Colosseum and they brought in gladiators, do not assume for a second those gladiators were, they were not in shape. Those men were in shape. So what I am saying is there was a system of exercise even in that time period back then but this right here this particular verse is often taken as an excuse to ignore health and focus on the other things this is an erroneous concept an erroneous uh, mindset that has permeated practically all Western religious movements and then, you know, people find themselves in circumstances where they don't take care of their health and then they sit before a doctor and the unthinkable comes. The kind of news comes that no one wants to hear. And at that point, and I'm going to speak from example, I'm raising my hand, I will speak from example that when you find yourself in that place where you did not take care of yourself, you were running out there trying to make the money, trying to gain this, trying to gain that, trying to do this trying to do that and you ignore your health not taking care of yourself then the unthinkable comes 
a health condition shows up and you find yourself asking how, why? At that point, all of a sudden you realize that the foundation of your faith has been shallow. It has been very shallow because you are not given the proper perspective uh, of taking care of yourself. And therefore, you find yourself in a place where, well, I was going into these institutions and was listening to these sermons and was reading these scriptures, but then here comes a situation that basically shakes everything up. And because one ignores good health, when one is faced with an illness which may or may not be the consequence of one's health choices, one looks up to the God that is preached by these sermons. One basically looks to the God who was preached in these sermons, who was taught in these lessons. And then all of a sudden when you're sitting there looking at your situation, before a doctor or you're sitting in a hospital room or laying on your back all of a sudden you realize that these sermons they can't comfort you they they seem to be powerless uh the songs sometimes they seem like they just can't do anything for you uh the cliche scriptures that are quoted they they can't really do anything for you you know they talk about trusting and believing and and so forth but in the face of your pain that is brought on in those moments and your circumstances are there your reality changes because in the face of your illness you find yourself completely shaken. I mean, you're rattled to your very core and you find yourself asking very difficult questions. You find yourself evaluating what you believe, where you are and where you stand. You wonder where is that great one that the, that the pastors have preached and that you have been taught to believe in. Mark you, they've been telling you to give unto them and you will get it back, right? Uh, they've been teaching all of that right there. Nobody has been emphasizing the importance of taking care of the mind and the body. The mind, and you see, I mentioned the mind because I had the pleasure of doing an internship in a facility where I saw people with broken minds, with, with issues that they were dealing with because of their mind. And I tell you, at the end of my internship, I walked out of there saying, wow, I treasure, I treasure mental health. And unfortunately, the issue of mental health in some kinds of religious settings is just very strange. They don't talk about that, you know. Uh, some, in, in some settings, that is like, oh, demon possession or something, you know, some, some, some sort of thing of that sort, not realizing that it has nothing to do with that. One has to take care of the mind, and one has to take care of the body. Hence, the importance of perfect health of mind and of body. But when we sit at those moments, shaken by our illness that is brought on because of maybe uh, our ignorance or maybe even circumstances beyond us, when we sit there, we typically find ourselves asking the hard questions. Wait a minute now. Do not assume for a second that we have lost our faith because we ask questions. No. The truth of the matter is, when you lay on your back in a hospital, in the dark of that night, 
you typically have to reach beyond the God of your denomination or your Christian faith. You've got to reach out to something bigger. You've got to reach out to something more powerful. You've got to find the infinite God that transcends your religion. You've got to find that God that is greater than your doctrines, greater than your mortal arrogance. I say arrogance because of the arrogance that is permeated and replete in these doctrines. The presumptions that they knew, all the presumption that they've got there about how they know, what they know about that greater power, it's arrogance. But at those moments you realize that all of that is shallow and you crave a real miracle. At that point and only at that time do we actually admit that our religious education and knowledge of God has been adulterated and compromised by the very institutions that we visited on Sundays and gave time, tithes and trust to. And because we were fed a watered-down God and spoon-fed a give-and-get theology, we tend to misunderstand the value of true health, of mind, and of body. And we lose sight, we basically lose sight of the riches of our health. As some of you listen, you may never understand what it feels like to come face to face with your mortality on a daily basis until you get there. You may never understand the questions we ask. Never judge us. You see, because in the face of all these circumstances, we must adapt and we must move beyond casual, shallow Sunday religion and theology and doctrine to rise above all these things to find, to find greater value in our health, to seek that higher power. It is at that point that we see the priceless jewels that good health of mind and body bears. It is from our illness that we are constrained to lift our minds. We have to lift our minds to higher. We have to lift our perspective to a God that transcends time, a God that transcends space, a God that transcends human logic, a God that transcends human rationale, a God that transcends human doctrines, that transcends the pastors, that transcends the opinions of the pastors, a lot of them express their opinion, a God that transcends the denominations, and a God that transcends man's religion. It is from those moments where we lost focus for a second of what is truly priceless, the good health that we have in life, where we focused on other things and then we find ourselves there in a place where we have to look beyond the barriers and look beyond the chains and look beyond the systems and look beyond all these things to the limitless one. We're not just talking about a God of the universe here. We're talking about a God of the multiverses, where the earth is but a grain of sand before that great one. It is from those moments of our life-changing illness that we begin to see something else. We don't see religion the way everyone sees it anymore. We look at it differently. 
Now we begin to see the beauty of God moving through the wind and through the trees. And we begin to experience the marvelous in our lives. But this begins when we lift our mind above to something greater and something much, much, much higher than where we are and what we are facing. Listen, your most valuable asset is good health. The good health of your mind and of your body. Do not lose sight of that at the expense of all these things that society brings or whatever teaching exists out there. Cherish your health. Cherish it for as long as you can. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to Musings with Rob. Please join us again next time. Thank you.